In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hello, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, I have on Lindsay Eastburn. For over 20 years, author and board-certified hypnotherapist Lindsay Eastburn has been helping people globally in their pre-pregnancy and pregnancy journeys. Lindsay is the founder and creator of Hypnofertility and owns her private practice and training facility. It is called Hypnofertility International through her work in hypnosis. She helps people balance the spiritual and physical worlds and guides babies to their mothers. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me here. So tell me about your story. How did you get involved in this? You've been doing it for quite a while and it's a very specialized focused area. So what got you to where you are today? Yes, it's definitely um, specialized for sure. And it, it <laughs> pretty much found me um, I say it, it, um, it picked me and I do work with helping, you know, spirit babies or babies to connect with their parents. And way, way back when I was a child, I had this, I just was stressed out. I had this terrible concern that people who really wanted to have a child, really wanted their babies, wouldn't be able to have them. And here I was just worrying about this. I, I must have just brought it right through with me because it really used to bother me and I wasn't around anyone who'd struggled with infertility. So I didn't know it that way. And, uh, when I was nine years old, the first so-called test tube baby was born in England. And I was, um, I was in the car with my parents. I was sitting in the back seat and I heard this announcement come on the radio and I just snapped to attention. I couldn't believe it what is this? What's going on? And and I was so relieved. Oh, good. Now any woman who wants to have a baby will be able to have a baby. Uh, not quite as cut and dried as that, but I was just so happy to hear that. And, um, you know, what nine-year-old is thinking about that kind of thing? And, and, you know, way, you know, way before that, always, just always really connected with 
babies and, and very aware. So I am an empath and very aware of that heart connection for parents, but especially mothers and babies. And not everyone should have a child or have children for sure. And I was very aware of that. I saw a lot of that as a child. And so what I really wanted to see was loving parents who really wanted to have babies and, and were really going to care for them and nurture them and, and really support them in their purpose in life. I wanted to see that happening. That was something that just meant everything to me. So when you saw that as a child or you heard that and you had, you felt like this calling, I would call it a calling <laughs> because it's not every day that a child is going to gravitate towards that topic or that area. Then how did that after nine years old and to get to, to go to school and to do all that stuff, like, was that just a drive and a calling that you had that had you go through all of the training and the certifications to it? What did that look like? Well, it was kind of interesting. It was definitely a calling and I've always been on some type of path and I've always known it, even when I was a little kid. And that was, you know, as you know, it's pretty difficult to deal with when you're a little kid and you are aware of these kinds of things and the others that are around you aren't. And so I tried to get through basically, you know, everyday life, you know, as a kid and going through school and definitely, you know, the weirdo, the black sheep, not interested in the things that other people really you know, cared about because they just seemed in so many ways superficial to me. So I eventually dropped out of school. I just couldn't take it. I was so sensitive to, you know, to energies. And it was just, it was just uh, difficult for me. Plus I was very bored in school. I could, I learned really fast. I could, I could, um, you know, connect fast. And so then I would end up, um, yeah, I would be bored and getting myself into all sorts of who knows what else. And so I quit school and I just wanted out of that childhood. I just wanted out of being a child and being a kid and I wanted into the adult world. And I knew I had my own children to bring through. And so I didn't go the traditional route as far as I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to school. I ended up uh, going to school afterward, uh, a little bit further along. But I was doing uh, meditation and various, what I call the healing arts, even when I was, you know, young, like in my late teens, early 20s. So I had my first child uh, when I was 20. And um, and that was a planned thing. It was also planned that he was just going to be the one. And a couple of years or so later, probably three or so years later, a baby came to me, this spirit baby. And this was my second son. and And he just basically showed up, was like, I'm coming, you're having me. I'm like, well, no, 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 that's not, uh, <laughs> that's not happening. And he said, yes, and my <laughs> name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that, that's not supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to be having another child. And that's just, and he said, yep, I'm coming. And you're going to have to basically make some preparations because you're going to have to do a few things that I am coming. And so I started to, I guess, look at that a little bit differently because you know, yes, I was always empathic, intuitive, and I was always really into whatever you want to call the, if you want to call them the healing arts. Like when I was a little kid, I was watching, um, you know, Donahue to see Yuri Geller and to see mm -hmm. um, past life stuff. And I knew all about reflexology when I was, you know, about eight or so. So 
you know, I had that. I had all that in my awareness or in my reality, if you want to call it that. And yet still I had this spirit baby that showed up and decided he was coming through. So moving forward with, you know, meditation and just, I don't know if you want to call it studying, but just immersing myself in, you know, in crystals and meditation, in uh, energy work. I ended up getting what I call the three keys to conception actually in meditation to help bring my son through. And this ended up eventually becoming the crux of the program that I've created to help women to bring their babies through. And again, I do work with men and I do work with couples, but this is very divine feminine focused. And so a lot of what I end up doing is, you know, is with women and, you know, with their babies. And why do you think that this is, there's such a need for it? With not just working on the divine feminine, but the fertility piece of it, what what's the catalyst, what's kind of caused it for us to be where we are? Well, we've gotten ourselves into quite a pickle, haven't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's so much going on. There's so much shifting that's happening. So people might be familiar with, you know, the indigo children and, uh, you know, the crystal children. And the indigos came through in the 60s, basically, for the most part, to help break down old paradigms and, you know, come to find out that was me. I turned out to be an indigo, didn't know that, but just part of my whole process. And uh, so we have this patriarchy, and I don't mean this in a negative, you know, way toward men or, you know, male at all. It's that energy. We should have a balance of divine feminine masculine or sacred masculine. And what we what we have right now is just a lot of I don't even know the words to describe it. It's like ick. There's nastiness, there's meanness, there's things out of balance and all of that that's going on. So all of these things have been playing into these babies coming through and some of the beings coming through, the energies of the spirit babies that that become the people once they're here on earth. This has all been, that's kind of been the catalyst. This has been the setup for them to bring stronger or more powerful or maybe vaster healing energies into the world. We've really, really created some issues. We've really harmed the planet and we've really, we've created a lot of harm. Okay. It's not every one of us as individual human beings, but, but as a species, we have, we take, we don't give. That's right. That's exactly it. We take and we've taken and taken and taken and taken. And that has to shift. That has to balance. So there's a lot of infertility. And I usually say that word in air quotes just because, you know, I'd rather focus on fertility, but that's what people are looking at. You know, infertility, that's what they might be searching on the internet. That's what they might be diagnosed with. And there's a lot of potential reasons for it, a lot of different things. But part of it, you know, or a big part of it, what I have experienced is that we need the parents to wake up, to to really be aware of what these children, these people that are coming through need. And and nowadays, I guess that awakened wake up is not um, not a great term to use. But back in the day, that's what we would talk about going through like a psychic aware awakening, a spiritual awakening, a quickening type of thing. And the people that I work with in particular are usually on a very long, difficult fertility journey. Not always, but 
a good deal of the time. And what that does, I call it an initiation. And what that does is it, it opens them. Okay. It opens us. The things that we go through in life open us and help us to gather what we need as we move forward to, to be on our path and to express ourselves in the way that we, that we've chosen to, you know, that we've come here to do. Sometimes it's hard to get the words because, you know, there's so much of the spiritual aspect and the energy that pours through. Mm -hmm. And then we try to put words, you know, to it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of interesting. So, you know, people even I get it all the time. Do you? Yeah. It's well, that's why, especially because I'm listening to you, I'm listening to my spirit guides, and then your spirit guides and angels are chiming in, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. (laughs) So yeah, take your time with it. But yeah, you're right. It's it's a lot. It, it definitely is right. And speaking to someone else who has, um, you know, their own gifts and yes, definitely a lot of chatter goes on and we're trying to just speak to each other in this, uh, this so-called reality language, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so much of, of, um, yeah, so much of the energy aspect of it. But so even someone who's spiritual, they may not have opened up enough or have found yet some of the pieces that they need. It's almost like a puzzle. So they might be spiritual. Maybe they do yoga, do some meditation, um, you know, or that maybe they're very mindful of what they eat, let's say, for example, in more of a holistic way. But had they just had their children, you know, the children had just shown up, they might not have looked into some other things, maybe Reiki, maybe... Um, you know, crystal work, if that's something they're interested in, but things that they maybe, maybe would never have been on their radar, even being spiritual. And those who, you know, really are more, maybe they kind of consider themselves everyday world. And then all this stuff starts coming to them and opening them up. But that, that difficult fertility journey opens, opens us up so that we can then receive more or find what we need, bring that in. These babies do not have time to mess around with us. They know, we know, we know a lot, but we still have it kind of buried or it's out in space or wherever it is. And we're still a little bit more, the older we are, I think, in more into the um, still physical realm of it, no matter, even though, you know, there's vast spirituality and energy involved. These, these babies coming through, these ones coming through the energy, the, the it is just so, um, powerful. And they don't have time to drop all the way in to the human experience and go through all of the issues that, you know, sometimes people have to go through. So the indigos, we came into difficult circumstances, you know, might have been a difficult childhood. There, you know, there can be abuse, there can be neglect, there can be a lot of trauma, whatever that might be, which, you know, brings a toughness to the person, it, which is what's needed to break through these old paradigms and, you know, spare, spare the rod, spoil the child kind of thing. And some of these awful, um, really, you know, oppressive, I guess you could say, things that we were struggling with. Mm-hmm. It's like, so the work that you're kind of doing is working with individuals so that they can understand where they are in the process, but then also that they can pull through those spirits or that energy that need to be here at this moment in time on earth. Right. Right, exactly. So as indigos or as, as, um, those of us awakening more into the spiritual world early on, 
we had to fight through things. We don't fight. Mm-hmm. And I was this, I was born as this little vegetarian that came through to this world. And, you know, suburban, you know, Toronto area, Canada, not the place at that time to be a vegetarian. <laughs> <To> be a <laughs> vegetarian. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And it was difficult. And I couldn't, you know, if I could have just given in, you know, if I would have conformed, my life would have been so much easier. And I couldn't. I just couldn't. And a lot of times it was so funny. It's now it's not such a big deal. But, you know, kids' parents would say, oh, no, she can't come over because she doesn't eat anything. And, you know, she's too much trouble. She doesn't eat anything. And it's like, no, I eat. I just don't need that big old chunk of meat that you got in the center of the plate. I could have the rest. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fine. And I never said anything to anyone, you know, about, you know, I know I was never like this little judgmental child or anything. Um, I just couldn't eat the meat. I just, I was forced to. And, you know, I was, I, I kind of joke around with hypnosis because it's known for regression. And I, I sometimes say, if you regressed me to any day of my childhood, you'd find me sitting at the table after dinner. Um, you're not getting up eat to this. eat your yeah. meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, same thing with me. Well, what about hypnotherapy? Can we talk a little bit about that? So what led you to go into hypnotherapy and, you know, one, what is it? How does it work? And how does it also work within the practice that you do now? Even when I was a child, so hypnosis and meditation, they kind of overlap. You know, some people don't like it, you know, when you say that, but if you, if you look at it and what it really is, you can, you can see that. And it's so much of that is, is a mind state and there's a physiological change that occurs in the brain during hypnosis. And, um, They've done a lot more research on meditation and they can see those things. And, uh, but there's a lot now with fMRI and that type of thing. Science or the, the studies, they can see the shifts in the brain from what is hypnosis, what is imagination, um, what is, you know, pretending, so to speak. Okay. Or positive, um, just positive thinking or speaking. And, um, so when I was a, a kid, I was very much into, I was very dreamy and visualize if you will. I was um, checking out all the time. I used to like to imagine I was floating around on the clouds. Um, I used to watch the show Bewitched, which these days uh, not everybody knows, um, but it was, um, I loved it. Um, very, um, I guess, 60s pop culture. And, uh, you know, the beautiful witch and her mother and her little girl, and they would sit up on the clouds and they would wear these beautiful dresses. And I used to imagine myself there a lot. Well, come to find out this is a form of hypnosis, this visualization, this, you know, um, imagery. And so you can see how, especially with guided meditation, there's such an overlap. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is more of the big guns in the sense that we can, we have tools to do more with that state. So often meditation is to get in that state and we can do some releasing and we can certainly make some shifts and changes with hypnosis. The idea is more so to get to the state and then create change. And we can use suggestion and imagery, metaphor, symbolism. And there's also ways to, you know, like release emotional blocks, release uh, anything that might be in the subconscious that we don't know is there. So does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I was just in my mind picturing. So as a hypno so as I go through hypnotherapy, it's tapping into is it more of an unconscious or subconscious part of my brain? Right. 
Right. So we're tapping into the subconscious mind. So we have our conscious, subconscious mind. The conscious is going to be more of the ego, the part that is present in the world, the part that's trying to control things. And the subconscious mind, that's the bigger part of the mind. And that's going to be the imaginative part. It's the non-thinking part. So the subconscious mind, it also responds to emotion, And it stores the things that have happened to us, whether we remember them or not. The subconscious is protective, so sometimes it will put in a protective mechanism or use a protective mechanism to prevent us from getting hurt, but it may not be something we want. So if we've had a situation with, you know, fertility or with pregnancy or with something that the subconscious in any way perceives connected, it could block someone from getting pregnant is as a protective mechanism. Or someone might emotionally, very emotionally at some point in their life say, no way, I'm never having kids, don't want them, not going to happen. And the subconscious is literal and can, because emotion and energy is what impacts the subconscious mind, it will, you know, sometimes take that literally and create that block. And so then your conscious mind Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I want to get pregnant. Hey, I'm ready to have my kids. Hey, and subconscious is like not on that same page. So some of what hypnosis ends up doing is taking what the person wants consciously and then helping to communicate that to the subconscious mind. And sometimes we need to help create shifts and changes. We need to release things. And and that sort of, it comes to, you come to sort of see what it is as you go. As, mm-hmm. as I work with a client, I'm going to see things are going to come to the surface and then we're going to know what direction we need to go. And what does hypnotherapy feel like for somebody who hasn't gone through it before? What does that look like? So hypnotherapy or hypnosis is a natural state. So you're not unconscious. You're not under. People still use the word under for hypnosis. What you see on TV or in movies, of course, is not what hypnosis or hypnotherapy is. It's a little over-dramatized. Right. Just a little. <laughs> if we could rob banks and, you know, if we could or get people to rob, rob banks and bring us the money, we would, right? I mean, it's like, right. yeah. it's just not, um, that's a joke. It's just not, you know, it's just not doable. Um, it's not, that's not what it is, but that's what they do on TV, right? Or that's what they do. I mean, we, we're boring, Ultimately, you know, there's some powerful work that can be done, but it is, it's not with, um, you know, magic wands or lightning strikes from the fingertips or things like that, which I know the Dick Van Dyke show many, many, many years ago, they, uh, had a whole, uh, bit about hypnosis and literally the hypnotist was, you know, trying to make this lightning strike out of the fingertips, um, gesture all the time. <laughs> so it's not that. Um, sometimes it's easier to just decide what it's not in order to then explain what it is. So it's a natural state. We can go into hypnosis and we do in and out every day when we get distracted consciously. So the conscious mind can handle up to maybe seven things at a time. The more we're doing, the, the more it's like it has to fall out. We can't concentrate on everything. And so the things we know how to do will drop to the subconscious mind. So driving, for example, if you're, you know, driving in the car and you're, you know, trying to adjust the music and you're talking on the phone and you're eating your, you know, muffin or you're drinking your coffee and putting on your makeup, you know, the more we try to do consciously, 
the more the subconscious mind will have to pick up other things. So we know how to drive. So the subconscious will pick that up and we'll drive subconsciously. Now we're not unconscious. We're not asleep. If a child ran out in front of the car, if somebody slammed on their brakes, we're going to respond. We will respond and we'll snap back to that focus. So that is basically bringing the subconscious mind to the forefront. So in hypnosis or in hypnotherapy, just, um, you know, you close your eyes. I mean, don't have to, but it makes sense. Like it's the most comfortable when someone's talking to you and I'm basically talking to you. I have some um, tools that I use, some hypnosis, what we call inductions to help you to access hypnosis. And um, and then I work with your subconscious mind with, and you're, you're aware, you can hear me, you can participate. Sometimes people check out, they just go to sleep or they rest. It doesn't matter. The subconscious mind is always present. It always hears, it always pays attention. So we can do that work, whether somebody's consciously uh, hanging out or not. It just sort of depends on how, you know, how the conscious mind wants to participate if, and sometimes it gets bored, so it just goes off. What people like about hypnosis, what I really like about it too, is with meditation, sometimes people get very frustrated and they feel as Because they can't get into that state of what they're supposed to get into, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, my mind goes too fast and I can't quiet my mind and I can't sit still. And the thing with hypnosis is you don't have to. So your mind can chatter away. You know, you can move. You can, um, you know, think about things. You can think about, um, you know, what's for dinner or, you know, where am I going next week? Should we go on vacation? You know, uh, oh my gosh, the holidays are coming, whatever that is. And I even say to people, you might even sit there and wonder if you're being hypnotized, wonder, <laughs> is this working? Mm-hmm. And, um, and most of my clients will laugh and say, that's exactly what I would do. And yes, so would I. <laughs> and so, and that's the great thing is, is it doesn't matter because if you follow the instructions, that's all it takes. Anyone can be hypnotized, but they have to want to be. So no one can do anything to you. No one can make you be hypnotized. No one can, um, you know, nobody can do that. It is a matter of, you know, hypnosis is a participatory process. So it is a matter of wanting to be hypnotized. And people don't come to me not wanting to be. Um, mm-hmm. Although sometimes they're, you know, concerned that, you know, is this going to work for me or I have a strong mind. And I work with my clients they do have very strong minds. They're typically self-proclaimed type A personalities or perfectionists, overachievers. And you know what? That works in your favor for hypnosis. Um, somebody who knows how to put their mind to something is going to do, you know, really, really well. But this is going to help in a way that you don't have to do everything. So you participate. And then um, there's the parts where I'm able to help with the creating of the change. And I take an, I do an intake and I find out what's going on for the person and what direction we need to go. And then at the same time, I'm being a hypnotherapist, but also I'm trained in other energy work. I'm also an intuitive. And so this information starts to kind of pour through me at the same time. And so that ends up creating the sessions as they need to be. But everyone, ultimately with hypnosis, everyone can be hypnotized if they want to be. Um, it may be a little different for, from one person to the next. Yeah, I think that that would pretty much cover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds really powerful that you're able to pull in these other modalities along with, you know, will the intuitive side of you 
and then the hypnotherapy and everything else. How does, and you talked about this a little bit, so sorry if it's repetitive, but how then the hypnotherapy and the fertility are combined? Um, Because it sounds like there may be some blockages or some things on the subconscious side that aren't necessarily allowing people to fully process or have have a spirit or a spirit baby come through has the hypnotherapy with the fertility work in tandem together so what happened with that and um like i said i i did i dropped out of high school but then i ended up in hypnotherapy training and meditation and ended up getting degrees and you know doing all of that thing just a little bit out of order um so i really followed my intuition and that inner knowing uh, for the longest time without even trying to qualify it, you know, with anything mm-hmm. else. So eventually I end up in practice, in, uh, private practice here in Denver. I met my husband, who's also a hypnotist at the National Guild of Hypnotists annual conference in, uh, it was in Nashua, New Hampshire back in 1999. And so we ended up getting together. I was in the Chicago area and came out here joined practice, you know, with him joined, we uh, ended up with the private practice together and we opened a hypnosis training school. So I was in general practice and all of a sudden, this is where I kind of say this chose me. People started to come in to ask if I could help with fertility in some capacity. There was someone who, you know, had a needle phobia and she couldn't do IVF with having a needle phobia. I mean, you, the, the number of injections you do is is incredible for the medical treatment. So if you can't go near, you know, a needle, uh, that's not happening. And so she noticed this one in particular early on, she noticed she was having a night and day response and she'd already done IVF a couple of times. And, you know, the, with the medications, you know, this is this is a difficult treatment and it can be physically you know, invasive, painful, it's emotional. There's so much that goes on with it. And uh, the hormones that you've got. So what she was noticing was she wasn't having the mood swing. She was feeling real positive. She didn't feel the pain um, of some of the procedures. And then she got pregnant. And, uh, but she had asked me, she said, can I just keep coming? And I said, sure. And uh, so a few other people had sort of started to trickle in at that time. And that's when I started to look at it and say, hey, this makes sense. But, you know, there must be some hypnosis fertility program out there because mm-hmm. I was trained in hypnobirth and I helped women to, you know, have babies with hypnosis. And that was actually pretty well known. And of course, hypnosis for weight loss and smoking and anxiety and some of those things. And with the issues people were struggling with, with infertility, I mean, that really did fit into other issues I was working working with, especially people struggling with perfectionism or struggling with anxiety, low self-esteem, you know, just all sorts of things like that. And so, you know, I went to the bookstores and I went online and, you know, this was, you know, about 2000. So we didn't have the online resources like we do now. I couldn't find anything. There was no trainings. There was really no information. I found some studies done by some medical doctors in the 1940s. And, um, you know, and that was really about it. There was maybe a little paper here or there, uh, you know, one one person case review, something like that. But no one was training anyone. No one was, um, no one had it out there as a specialty, for sure. And so, yeah, it just ended up becoming my specialty because I was using, you know, classic hypnosis techniques, 
um, the techniques that I use, the blending of the energies and so forth, and working with fertility that way. And we were getting babies. And women were coming in that had 0%. They'd been given a, a diagnosis um, of a 0% chance of getting pregnant, or they'd been told IVF wouldn't help them, or the medical clinics would say, you know, sorry, there's nothing we could do for you. Or you might just need to go decide to be or come to terms with being childless or adopting. And so with me working with them, they were having babies. Babies were showing up and they were conceived naturally. Or in some cases, they were going to a different clinic and they were accepted into the clinic and got pregnant that way. Or even a clinic they'd been to that had said, you know, um, they weren't candidates for IVF. It ended up changing. And so I had all of these babies just kind of popping in every which way. And I just knew, I mean, I'd always had that affinity for them, even when I was little. And so now I knew I could see it all coming together. What a beautiful gift to be able to see it. And then, well, when you were younger, and then as you got older throughout like your profession and your career, having it all kind of come full circle, right? Right, right. And when I talk about it, it kind of bounces all over the place because, um, it was kind of all happening at the same time, in a sense. And, you know, in the subconscious mind, there's no past, there's no future, just like in spirit, right? Everything's present. Mm -hmm. And that's how it feels sometimes for me talking about this and what I do. And my son, the younger one that came through that was the spirit baby, and he calls himself the first hypnofertility baby, the first official <laughs> one. You know, he, he came in, came through in 95, um, right at the beginning of 95. But he, you know, I've talked to him a little bit about what he experienced or what he remembered. And when he was little, little, both of my kids, when they were little, I'd ask them about, you know, where they were and things like that. And they would give me some information. And I had been guided. I had been, we'd been moved. So when my, my son came in as the spirit baby, I lived in Canada and suddenly we got transferred to the U.S. And um, all of a sudden, like snap of the fingers and I'm in Georgia. I'm you know, way down south and I'm coming from Canada and I'm like, wow, <laughs> it was really something. It was, it was really interesting. And there, you didn't find the same kind of spirituality there at that time. Not in Georgia, <laughs> especially at that time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but I did find, you know, people to work with and I did do my uh, Reiki training in 93. And that was before uh, Dylan came through. And it was one of those classes I was doing where we did some meditation and automatic writing to connect with our guides. And my guide came through and gave me what I call those three keys to conception, which, you know, uh, basically are meditate, listen, and trust. And then I do explain to people that meditate doesn't have to be literally meditating. So it can be. It can be seated meditation, guided meditation, any kind of meditation. Prayer. But it can also intention. be going. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It can be going into the silence. It can be taking a walk in nature. It can be, yeah, intention, um, hypnosis, energy work, you know, just so long as you're shutting things down for a little bit, shut down the screen, sh you know, shut off the radio, the noise, the TV, and just allow spirit a chance to connect or you to connect with them. That's basically what that key is about. And then in doing so, then you can listen and you can hear your intuition and you can recognize it because fear masquerades as intuition. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that a lot because people will get, especially in the fertility world, there's this time crunch and there's all this pressure 
And so they'll be very frightened or in fight or flight or very stressed. And that can actually interfere with their intuition. They maybe know that they can conceive naturally or they do know that they need a certain treatment. Maybe they they need acupuncture. They need to change something in their diet. They know it, but they can't know it because they can't hear it because there's too much noise too much pressure, too much stress. So this is where utilizing that meditate key then makes space for us to listen and really hear, really hear what the body's saying, what, what um, you know, the mind, the spirit, whatever is we need to hear and then to trust it. And so a lot of times we do hear things or we're aware of things that then we don't trust. Mm-hmm. And so that's the key. That's the three keys, meditate, listen, trust. And it's it's really the three keys to life. If you think about it, if you want to have a healthy, you know, happy, overall happy life to utilize those keys to somehow go into the silence or the quiet or the meditate key to listen, you know, to tune in and to listen and then to be able to trust. That's beautiful that they gave you that. And also it's almost kind of like the blueprint or the formula (laughs) to what you're offering now for your, for your clients and the people that come to you. What else are you feeling led to share or drawn to share that we haven't had a chance to talk about um, so far? Yeah, we've definitely talked about a lot. (laughs) Um, I have been working with babies that call themselves pink starlights lately. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started doing the hypnosis, it was more of a hypnotherapy. I have a spiritual, like I was very spiritual and healing arts background, but I was still in more of an arts and science of hypnosis, sort of private practice type of thing, you know, test anxiety and other things like that. And um, and then as I worked more and more of the spiritual aspect came through, and then the spirit babies, I always could sense them. And that was part of people would come in and say, well, I feel like there's a baby there. They're telling me there isn't, but I feel like there is. And I always said, you know, I believe you. Let's work with that. And that's where these babies, you know, were showing up. And then I was aware of, you know, indigos and crystals and so forth and not you know, not everything and everyone fits into these various categories, but I was aware of that that type of energy. And, um, you know, I wasn't particularly attached to it. But in the last few years, I became aware of a particular energy. It, it sort of all came to me. It sort of unfolded. I, I had to I had to really open up and let myself just, let's see, let's dive in. Let's find out what this is, because I can be very left-brained and, um, sometimes think, oh my gosh, spirit babies and babies are floating around people and these babies have messages. And what do you mean I'm supposed to give them to people? <laughs> Wait, that's not what I do. And so the pink starlights came through and they they basically um, shared with me that, that they had a particular energy and it was very much unconditional love, but also a very bright light and they're healers. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before is they can't come through to have to do a bunch of work. They can't parent the parents. They can't have to fight. They need to come in and, you know, this is not all, you know, um, airy fairy, so to speak. You know, it's not everybody floating around. Um, <laughs> there's, there's definitely, you know, a so-called reality piece to it. I mean, they're coming in to work on this world. They're bringing, as they come through, they're bringing an incredible amount of, healing energy that is raising the vibration overall of the planet of you know all of the inhabitants of the planet and all of the shifts and changes that need to happen they're contributing that energy then they're also coming in and becoming the people so they're becoming who's going to be 
you know, in the medical field, who's going to be in politics, who's going to be everywhere, you know, wherever it is, taking care of the environment and so forth. But they're coming through with an awareness, an enlightenment, if you will, that won't let them get sucked into some of this stuff that so easily can um, overwhelm people. And you see a lot of that overwhelm right now where people are really stressed. They're rarely angry. They're fighting. They're, they can't, you know, they just can't see straight almost because, and it doesn't matter what it's about. It just matters that it is. Mm-hmm. And so these babies, they can't come to that either. They need to have, have people who are going to be really wanting to be parents, open to providing education, open to letting the kids explore things. And that's why they end up being guided to explore some things themselves. And are these starlights, is there like a certain time frame? How, how long have they been coming in and up until what time will they be coming in? So they've been coming in, you know, probably for the last decade or so, uh, maybe trickling in. It seems like they do that. The various ones, they sort of trickle and then they start pouring. And the pink starlights are definitely pouring now. Um, they came through with their name. Like they didn't care what I called them before, spirit babies, whatever. But they decided like, you need to call us pink starlights and you need to get the word out about us in 2016. And they basically downloaded um, a book to me, their book, that I was supposed to help them, you know, get out there. And then they sort of changed direction. And so the book was <laughs> was in the works and it shifted and changed some over about four years. And it was interesting because things were changing in the world. And I think a lot of energies created things that weren't expected on any level and by, you know, by us as humans, but uh, even in the spirit realm, um, I think a lot of a lot of things happened and and sort of shifted um, what had to happen to wake us up more to really have us understand that you're harming yourselves, your world, you know, your planet, your food, each other, and really really wake us up to that. And so the pink starlights, they created their book. It's called waiting in the wings, introducing the pink starlights. And so that's been a lot of what I've been focusing the last year on. I, I actually re, re-released the book or released a second edition because I had to update it after all of these things that were happening. And um, and so, yeah, they're coming through now with this incredible unconditional love, this high vibration and this specific purpose. And, and others come through, you know... Um, other babies that, you know, you hear a lot about star seeds and I don't know a lot, a lot about that in terms of there's, I guess, more categories, um, you know, under the star seed heading and so forth. So my specialty is the pink starlights and, um, helping them to bring, you know, elevate the vibrations of the planet, bring that, the, bring that energy through, help to almost melt some of the denseness and the negativity that surround some of us and some of us I find people have almost uh, um, something wrapped around their heart that has gotten there from the pain from the anger from trauma that's happened and it's like they're bringing that through and helping to melt that so our hearts are able to be that much more open and that we're able to connect heart to heart more if that makes sense Mm, that's beautiful (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm getting open hearts a lot, emotions, feeling it. And that be, through that, that's allowing us to heal individually and then collectively. So right. that's totally making sense. Right. That was a new piece too, um, that I just got about the, the density, the dense, like it's like a muddiness around some of mm-hmm. the people's hearts. And, you know, I've been aware of these various things, but sometimes it's, I swear every time I, I work with someone and do some kind of an interview, they gave me, a, give me a little piece more. <laughs> Well, they always want to give you some new stuff, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. They're like, hey, we want to talk about this with Nicole. Let's get this out there. She gets it. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It makes it interesting. It makes it different. And also, like I said, sharing information that you may not necessarily always have or always get, you know? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't keep it quiet. You know, much as I would like to, it's very much, um, I'm an introvert, um, uh, you know, I, I'm happy by myself and it's like, okay, I've got to get this out there anyway. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, they're not going to let us keep it quiet. <laughs> no, <laughs> they force and push us into, pu- push us into the light if we're not already and making sure that we're sharing what that is with everyone. Well, how can people reach you and get your books and uh, either book sessions with you, get more information? Where would you like to send them? Well, the books are easiest to get on Amazon. And then um, there's also a free copy of my book, The Three Keys to Conception, on my website, which is hypnofertility.com. It's on the homepage. There's like a pink button there that you can just press the button and get that um, ebook. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook is hypnofertility and Instagram is Lindsay Eastburn. Great. Well, I will be sure to include all of that in the show notes and on the website and everything. I just want to say thanks so much for sharing your story, Lindsay. And this has been fascinating for me. I don't know a ton about hypnotherapy or the fertility journey and what that looks like, but I love the fact in hearing that you've been able to merge your different experiences and expertise and practices together to help people just tap into that and bring these spirit babies in and the pink starlights and also just to heal the collective. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for having me and the pink starlights. Thank you for helping (laughs) get their, get their word out there. And, um, I was so excited to be on this, even right from hearing about it, um, a psychic story. I just thought it just gave me chills and I just love your podcast. So thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.